Hey, welcome to the Creative Career Starter Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Chris Lyons. In this podcast, we will have conversations with young creative professionals about the steps that they took to go from design school grad to successful employee at a creative firm. The goal is to energize and inform your job search with their tips and stories to help you get your first creative job. So stick around. Let's get at it. On this podcast, we will be talking with Ilana Griffo. Ilana graduated with a degree in graphic design in May of 2011 and has had anything but a typical career path. She creates surface design for licensing, she does illustration work and lettering with brands including Party City, Pier One, and Michael's Stores. Ilana designs handcrafted type and spot graphics to create artwork for home decor, stationery, and more. You can see her fabulous work at ilanagriffo.com. I strongly encourage you to swing by and take a look. Good morning, Ilana. Good morning. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for joining me on the Creative Career Starter Podcast. I'm really excited to have you here because you have a really unique story. It's much different. It's non-traditional. Can you, you're a classic example, too, of that thing you hear all the time, go do what you love. Talk about Talk about your journey from design school graduate to where you are now. Sure. So I am full-time self-employed. Um, I am an artist and an author. Some days I say artist, designer, and illustrator, really because my days look very different depending on what I'm working on. Um, but I interned at a design agency and just immediately that summer knew the agency life was not for me. Um, it was appealing for so many reasons. Um, and once I got in there, I was like, this is not the path for me. So I immediately out of school freelanced for several different companies and sort of found out what I liked and found out what I really didn't like, which I think is just as important. And once I settled um, in a job and was there for a couple years, it was really just like racing the clock until my freelance income surpassed what I was making at my full-time job as an art director. You just had no um, interest in the agency or the design firm world, did you? I mean, in theory, I really was interested in it. Like, I liked the idea of climbing the ladder and working with amazing, huge clients, but it just ended up not being as fulfilling as the work I was doing on the side, where I really got to be on every single level from onboarding a client to handing off final files. And I really didn't like at an agency where I had sort of one role, whether that be production or art direction. I didn't like that I didn't get to touch everything. And so I was just doing as much creative work on the side freelance as I possibly could saying yes to everything until I sort of found what I thought was my footing and then quit my job and didn't look back. Wow. Because I, I remember talking with you. Um, I think you were still freelancing for a local agency and you were miserable. And you were trying to figure this piece out. And then you started Sugar and Type. Yeah. Talk about that so a little I bit. Started, yeah, I started a um, Etsy shop. So it was called Sugar and Type. And basically, on the nights after I got back from freelancing at these agencies where I was doing what felt like really not important work and didn't feel meaningful to me, I needed something to do that was like getting my creative juices flowing. I sort of missed that in school. You're always challenging yourself and I didn't feel challenged. So working during the day and doing work that didn't feel very meaningful. And then at night I took a letterpress class where I could design my own cards and then print them. So I decided to put them up in an Etsy shop and sort of help me keep my creative juices flowing. 
and got to have fun and do things, do the kind of design work that I was excited about. And then, um, yeah, I started an Etsy shop with them and it just sort of gave me the fire to like, again, keep those creative juices flowing and get excited about design again when I wasn't being fulfilled at my job. And that just sort of grew. So talk about, most of our listeners are pretty new to this. Talk about the world of licensing and what it means to sell your cards online. Okay, cool. So I was printing my own cards and I realized that I'm a terrible printer, which is why I went into graphic design in the first place. I'm good at digital and terrible with like craftsmanship. Um, so printing my own cards was was just not working out so good. The, I had a lot of anxiety around it. So I realized the part that I loved was actually designing the cards and dreaming of my work on products. So, um, you know, I, I liked branding, that was fun, but I really, really liked designing for products. So I did a bunch of outreach, which is reaching out to clients I wanted to work with and saying, hey, I love your work. I think we could make some magic together if we, if I could design for you. And the first client that I got to work with in that sort of capacity sent me a licensing contract. And I was like, I have no idea what this means. So I called Chris Lyons <laughs> and... <laughs> We kind of talked about like, what is what does this mean? Basically, it means that they're buying the right to use my artwork and put it on their product for a certain number of time in a certain um, limitation, whether that's territory or type of product. And I get a royalty based on how many they sell. So the first time I did it, uh, it was a huge risk because I might be making $12. Who knew? Uh, it was the job that let me leave my full-time job as an art director uh, because it made... I brought in more money than I was making at that job just from this one deal that took me about two weeks to work on. That's incredible. And yeah, it was opened my mind. I think that's a rare job. So um, that job has since every year decreased based on what the client needs. But really, that's very rare. But it opened my eyes to this new way of working with clients, which is creating work that I'm really excited about, you know, with a certain product or industry in mind. And then working with that client to get it on their products and their manufacturing and things that I, you know, couldn't do on my own. I couldn't foil stamp at home. I couldn't, um, you know, print on fabric on my own. And so kind of focusing on what I was good on, good at and then getting it in front of the right people was, was how I got into licensing. You know, that's great advice because you think as an uninitiated creative person might think, oh my God, I got to produce these and box them and get them on the shelves. And I had, had an opportunity with the Memorial Art Gallery to do a line of cards, but they wanted me to to design, print, produce, box them and deliver them. Yeah. The, by the time I would have done all that, I would have made zero money. Right. It would have been a huge hassle. Yeah, and it's not what I'm good at. I'm not great at, like I said, I'm not great at packaging my own things and the craftsmanship there's dog hair everywhere when i do it it's sloppy <laughs> and for a while while i had my own shop um sugar and type that really isn't anything anymore now i just go by my name and do my own thing i was up every single night packaging orders and i was like this is not no. what i signed up for you know but you i had to do that to figure out that it wasn't what i wanted and that it there was other options. I didn't know that there were other options. So one of the unusual things about you is that you're going direct to your clients. A lot of people in the licensing world get what they call a licensing rep representation to help with that end of thing. How did, did you ever consider getting a rep? I have a rep now. I have a licensing. I used to have a licensing agent and now I have an illustration agent and 
it's kind of confusing between the two, but I had a licensing agent who basically I would submit work to her every month. And she has a huge list of contacts that she's already worked with and they send her their requirements or what they're looking for, for their projects every month. And she'll send them, here's what I've got, you know, from her select artists. And ultimately I chose to leave because I felt like the work I was doing was now catered to the client, um, which was just a possibility. And it really kind of undermined my own voice. And it also was really demanding. Yeah. They <laughs> so, were. you know, when you have a huge client list, you, they need a lot. So they might need 500 pieces of art a month and between 30 artists, they might not be getting it. And so I felt like I could do a lot on my own that wouldn't stretch me so thin, but would also allow me to really use my voice and use the styles that I love and sort of just keep going and keep, keep growing really. Um, and so ultimately I left my license, my licensing agent, but I'm now working with an illustration agent who's more editorial focused and just commission based. So, um, I think that will be a good change. We'll see where it goes, Yeah, but yeah, I have, uh, I have a licensing rep for a couple of years and it, it did not work for me either. Um, I now have cards at Trader Joe's and at other places and I've done that all on my own. I know, right. I've done that all on my own. I felt like the licensing rep situation, I have an illustration rep as well, and that's a little more straightforward. People come to the illustration rep specifically for my work, and I you know, I execute editorial or corporate work. Licensing rep was, I was working for the licensing reps, and I, I didn't quite exactly. like that. Exactly. I, I want them to come to me for my style, which takes years. And most days I'm like, I don't even know if I'm there yet. I don't know if my style is refined enough, but they think it is, you know, and so I need to trust that and sort of uh, lean into that. Okay, so you've done all your licensing on your own at this point, all yeah. Trader Joe's. Yeah, and that's that's what happened with me too is I was getting better results on my own because I think what it comes down to is people want to work with people. Yep. People want relationships. And so when I was able to connect and talk to them and say, I can do something that's unique to you, but also that harnesses my style and my my skills, we can work together and create something that's even more beautiful instead of just sort of picking art from a catalog. Yeah. And I think, I hate to go all back in the day on you here, but I think reps were a bigger deal when you weren't as accessible, when they had this this stable of artists that they could then represent to their clients. Now you can find you just as easily as you can find a uh, licensing rep. Yeah. And I think, so I teach a course called Art Licensing for Letterers, and it's great for illustration too, but really we we talk about reps and we really stress that an agent is not what marks success. There are plenty of successful people. It feels validating that an agent wants to represent you it and does. they have, they have big clients, but they're also taking a big chunk of your income. And so they make sense. If you can't handle your workload, if you cannot handle talking to clients, if you can't handle doing um, contracts, if they stress you out so much that you need help, they're great. But if you love connecting with people or if you can manage doing some of those things, there's so many tools online now where you can get contract templates, you know, it feels validating, but so do other things. And a small client doesn't mean a small budget. So it just really doesn't define success. Um, it can be a great tool, but it does not make or break you or, you know, put you on a pedestal. Um, and the other thing is that especially for people who are on Instagram and thinking that is a great place to put your work. It is, but you don't have to have a huge following for people to find you that way. 
Yeah. I think reps tend to work best for people who don't know the business yet, that don't know how it works, how to decide between an upfront payment or you know, residuals. There's a lot of decisions to make when you engage in a licensing arrangement. Yeah, there's a lot to learn. Um, and really, every client is different and every opportunity is different. And really, a lot of it comes down to trusting your gut. And does this feel right? Does this seem worth it? Does this seem valuable or something I want to do? Hey, we'll be back in 30 seconds. Stay with us. Hey, just a quick thought. If you're away from campus and looking for job search tools, my Creative Career Starter mini courses cover topics like cover letter writing and follow-up, interview prep, and also how to set up a freelance business during your job search. They all have new pricing aimed at getting them into your hands so you can effectively start the job search process. Look for my three mini courses at creativecareerstarter.com. Now back to our conversation with Alana Griffo, hand letterer, illustrator, and licensing designer, as she discusses her path to this very unique career. All right, let's talk about you went to design school and you graduated yeah. with a designer's portfolio and you were essentially pursuing half-heartedly work at, at agencies and studios. <laughs> but did you, did you have to completely reinvent yourself? Did you have to completely redo your portfolio? Such a tough question because I really believe in showing the work that you want. And the work that I did in college looks very, very different than the work I do now, as does anyone who is now, you know, 10, whatever, however many years out of school I am. Um, your work is always changing. And so when I feel like my portfolio looks lacking, I just do what I think should be in there. It doesn't have to be for a client. It can be a personal project. Usually those are the best ones anyway. Almost always. Um, yeah, but I dabbled in web design wasn't for me. You know, I, at a point I was like, I need to show more web. I need to show more web. I wish I had, obviously I wish I had done things, you know, I'm not, I don't regret anything at all, but I wish I had experimented even more. Um, I wish I had done some more illustration. So I do that now. I just like take classes on Skillshare or buy online courses to like learn something new. Um, but what design school did for me was it gave me a validation that I wanted um, your class especially taught me a lot about the real world, but really even six months after graduation, your portfolio is going to change. And so you should just always be doing things that you want to do, create things that you want to create that are just stemmed in your passion, because those are going to be the most fulfilling for other people to see. No question. And I think that is gospel. I've really completely turned over onto the side of you find out what it is you love to do and want to do and fill your book with that stuff. And that's where your yeah. career goes. Don't, don't conform and do UX design because it's hot right now. Yeah. If you love collage, find a way to bring collage into editorial or find a way to bring whatever it is you do into what program you're in or what portfolio you have. There are graphic designers, you know, just the title doesn't define what your work needs to look like. How do you decide what card companies or what product development companies to pursue? Yeah. So when I'm out at a store or really, yeah, I guess a store would be the most reasonable answer. I flip over the packages of things that I would buy or that look like my work and I find out who makes them. And then I write that down in my master spreadsheet and then I find out how to contact them. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. It sounds so... Um, 
it feels so tedious or maybe at first seems tedious, but it's really simple. Um, you can do this almost anywhere or I look for companies like things that I'm already buying or places I want to be. Um, and I just do my research and oftentimes it's even just like a Google search of like companies that make this or fabric design or things like that. And it's really just connecting, making a connection. It's not just, Hey, can I send my portfolio? It's, Hey, I saw your product. I really loved your brand story. I'd love to connect with you. I've been, you know, following your story. I love this project you just did. I'd love to hop on a phone call and tell you about myself. You know, it's, it's like interviewing all the time. Yeah, it is. And you know what? These themes that you're expressing are the exact same themes that hold when you're looking for a job. It's no different. You you make a personal connection. Yeah, I think people want to make relationships. People want long-term, reliable relationships, just like we want in a friendship. Or if we were to hire someone, we want someone who's going to show up and believe in our product or company or brand or whatever as much as we do. So we have to show that. And yes. so um, it has to be just, authentic, it's too. Outreach. If you really like, yes. I was sitting at my dentist office last month and I opened up I don't know, one of the magazines there and it was beautiful. It might have been, I don't know, Sports Illustrated or something. But I opened up the table of contents and I actually took a picture of the art director and designers names and then came home and wrote him a note. Exactly. You wrote and published a book, for Christ's sakes. Talk about that. Yeah. So the business side of, of working for myself came pretty naturally to me. Um, it just, it seemed like a, a good fit. I didn't stress about it too much. I just sort of did my research, went all in. And so um, I had a lot of grit, I think, mm -hmm. which is the same thing with making connections. It's like you have to have good work alone doesn't get you where you need to go. You also need to have a lot of grit and a ton of passion and a little less shame. <laughs> <laughs> Put yourself out there. Yep. So I was working with a branding client and they hated what I did, even though I thought they were crazy. So they threatened to take me to small claims court. So the whole situation felt like, you know, the bottom of the barrel. And I tried to outreach to everyone I knew. Have you ever been in this situation? What do I do? And basically every designer was like, yeah, that's happened to me. And I just was too afraid. I just gave them all their money back. Oh, and no. like end of day. Yeah. yeah. No. You know, these were peers. These were 25-year-olds. Okay. And no one wanted to talk about it and share on any platform what had happened to help other people. So I decided that I was going to uh, let her take me to small claims court and I was going to stand up for myself, you know, and, and educate people that I deserve to be paid for the work I did, whether or not you like it. You know, I, my job is to communicate with you clearly. And I learned a lot through that process about how to communicate effectively with clients. But... I also need to educate people on why what I do is valuable. And sure, you're going to have some people who don't like your work, but you know, ultimately with a client, you you want to hear them well enough and understand them well enough that they'll love it. Good for you. Yeah. So I stood up for myself and then I realized that people I needed to tell this story. And so it sort of morphed into instead of like a pity party, yeah. it was how can I educate other people who want to run a business and work for themselves into into this book of of worksheets of how to take your passion and turn it into an actual business, how to take your creative passion and turn it into a six figure design studio or a freelance business or an Etsy shop or a hair salon or some sort of small business um, that is stemmed from your creative passion. And so my book is called mind your business. 
and it's just worksheets and my ramblings about how to how to make ends meet when you're freelancing and you want to step up your game. I think the important message is that there are a lot of talented creative people who can draw and design and letter, but to make it a business is where the magic is. I am not the best or most talented designer or illustrator, um, but I have business acumen. I go for it and I don't take no for an answer. When someone says no, I find the right person or I change my approach and I try again. Uh, I persevere and I'm just not the best. There were plenty of way better designers in my graduating class or my peers, um, but the two together make me who I am and then making those personal connections just are the deal breaker. So you also have an online course for young entrepreneurs to help them figure out this complex world of licensing and small business management. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So basically what I did is I worked with a friend, um, Katie, and we put together an online course called Art Licensing for Letterers. The title may throw some people off because it does work for illustrators or designers too. But we, when we both started licensing, no one else, there was no tutorials or blog posts or online courses about licensing and what the terms meant. So we were like, we should probably help our friends. So we put together this online course where, um, Basically, there's like, I think it's like six hours of content where we just talk about everything from contracts to agents to how to build a portfolio, which I think is the most confusing. And then like even outreach and how to start building your list and how to manage all of that. Um, You know, and it just seems like all of this wasn't in one place on the Internet. And so we're still learning. We're updating the class, you know, as we learn things. But we we just wanted people to have access to it because we didn't feel like we had access to it. So instead of someone else, you know, we're all in this together. Um, and someone else succeeding is sort of a example that we can do it too. So people can sign up for this course at elanagriffo.com. Yeah. yeah. Got all the info on there. I'll put a link in my, on my uh, blog and my website to direct Great. people there. It's awesome. Awesome. So has this experience turned out to be the kind of thing you hoped it would be? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm always learning. I'm always changing and growing and um, it's a fun ride. Good. So give me, give me a little bit of advice for these young design school grads who want to be Ilana Griffo. (laughs) (laughs) And who wouldn't? Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Um, I think to just infuse those things that you find really enjoyable into your portfolio and into your work, whether it's a passion project or you know, what something you love, I think you have to show that work and not be afraid that it's maybe different than other people or unique. I think if you're passionate about it, find a way to bring it in. You know, if you love hand lettering, don't use a typeface for this one project, infuse it into your piece. Um, and really just like let, it sounds so cliche, but like let your personality come through because that's what makes the deal. That's what makes great design. And it's not a, cli- well, it is a cliche, but it's, it's really true that if you do what you love, you will do it better than anything else you do. Exactly. I love it. You are a shining example of that. I cannot thank you enough for joining me today on the podcast. You are such a treat to talk with. Thank you. You are too. You know, I, you're the guy who I send the message to in the random hour of the, the day. <laughs> you know, what do I do about this? So it's an honor. All right, it's been great seeing you grow and blossom, and I love what you're doing. Thanks so much, Ilana. Thank you. Thanks again to our guest, Ilana Griffo, for sharing her wonderful story. If you're worried your portfolio isn't ready for your job search and you're not feeling great about the reactions you're getting, then my Portfolio Power Session may be just what you need 
to focus your book and make it stronger. We'll spend an hour using Zoom or Skype, strengthening your projects, editing, and creating new work to help you get where you want to go. Then we'll follow up in a week or two to review your progress. It has a new price to make it easier for you to focus and fill your portfolio with smart work. Look for my portfolio power session at creativecareerstarter.com. See you next time.